I want to welcome all the visitors here and we also have people tuning in from around the world right now on Facebook. So welcome to Carroll, Michigan. Man, you guys online right now, you have missed an amazing service so far, but we're going to give you the word. The anointing has been flowing. Amen. All right. Isaiah 10, 27. I want to give you some words, something to build your faith with. Amen. Give you some more ammunition against the enemy. Amen. It shall come to pass in that day that his burden will be taken away from your shoulder and his yoke from your neck. Here it is. And the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing oil, it says here. I like King James better because it just says it will be destroyed by the anointing. Amen? Let's talk a little bit about the yoke. The message I want to preach tonight or teach, it's really kind of a teaching. That's what a healing service is. You know, we want to give you some teaching on it. See, there's, to every subject, there's two sides. There's the preaching side and there's the teaching side. Preaching declares, teaching explains. And, and with healing, you've got to explain it. Amen? Now, although when the preaching anointing is on, that can build the supernatural faith as well, though. Amen? All right, so a yoke is anything that burdens or oppresses... Oh, the message is called the healing anointing, by the way. A yoke is anything that burdens or oppresses your body or soul. And we know your soul is your mind, will, and emotions. Amen? That's a big part of you. See, those are the the two parts, body and soul, that the enemy can attack a Christian with. Okay, he can't touch your spirit, man, because who lives in your spirit, man? The Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you. Amen. But here's the deal. The body, of course, the enemy can attack that and uh, your soul. So um, but a yoke, it is something that you are tied together with. It kind of has a picture. Think about two um two animals that are tied together. You're stuck together. Everywhere it goes, you goes. So a yoke of bondage, some kind of a bondage from the enemy, a yoke of sickness or disease, it's, it's, it's tied to you. It tells you what to do. It runs your life. Is someone breathing in here tonight? Doesn't it? Is that right? Doesn't it do that? It's something, a yoke, listen to this, a yoke is something that exercises, here it is, hard control over your life. God did not create us to be controlled by anybody or anything. Are you following me? The anointing, it says, will destroy the yoke or bondage in your body and soul. Now, the anointing is the power of God. All right? The anointing is the power of God. I like how it says that the anointing destroys the yoke. I'm glad it didn't say break. Because if it just broke it, it can be put back together. But when the anointing is present, it destroys the yoke. And that's why you're feeling freedom in the house tonight. Amen? Amen. For every gift and calling, there is an anointing or a power that comes upon each one. There's an anointing to preach. There's an anointing to teach. There's an anointing to pastor. Are you following me? But tonight, I want to focus on one anointing, the healing anointing. All right? Because this is a healing service, so it's pretty appropriate, right? But listen to this. There is not one sickness, 
disease or infirmity or bondage on the face of this earth that the anointing cannot destroy or drive out of your life. It doesn't matter what you're dealing with in your body or your soul. The anointing has the ability to destroy it. See, that's why the word says there's no such thing as a hopeless situation. Amen? You think the children of Israel thought it was pretty, pretty hopeless when they're at the Red Sea. And, it, you know, what do we do? Right? God parted it, right? See, God can part your sea like that. He can d- deliver you and he wants to. This is where we got, this is why we teach this. Because we got to get into your thought life and we got to unjam that part of your thought life that's allowing you to hold on to this thing. We'll talk more about that in a moment. But the result of the anointing touching your life is always freedom, healing, peace, and restoration back to God's original intent with how he created you. When the anointing's present, it always will do that. Listen to this, 2 Peter 1, 3 through 4. It says this, According as his, God's, divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these, what's the these? The exceeding great and precious promises, right? That you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that's in the world through lust. Now, The divine power that that scripture is talking about is the anointing. Say anointing. Anointing. It's talking about the anointing. It's talking about the power of God that is available to us through the exceeding great and precious promises in the word of God. You got to remember this. Don't ever forget it. The word of God is anointed. The word of God is anointed. If you want more anointing in your life, get into the word of God. The Word of God is always anointed. I don't know about you. I know I pastor. I know I minister flowing the gifts and stuff. But there's times where I'm just not anointed to do it. But the Word's always anointed. Are you following me? You want more anointing? You want more freedom in your life? Healing? Deliverance? It, you got, it, got to, it comes from the Word, from the exceeding great and precious promises. It is your faith. In, in the promises in the Word of God that will loose or release the anointing in your body, in your soul, and in your situation, whatever it is you're dealing with. See, the Word of God and the anointing are connected. They're connected. The Word of God and the anointing. And knowledge of the Word, you need knowledge of the Word and faith. Knowledge and faith together. Knowledge of what the Word says because faith begins where the will of God is known. It's impossible to have faith without you knowing what the Word of God says. If you don't know what the Word of God says, it's just a hope. It's a hope. But the Word says you need faith, right? We'll talk more about that in a minute. But the anointing makes us, it says in that verse, the anointing makes us partakers of the divine nature. It's not saying that we're God, okay? That's, a new, that's new age junk. We're not God, Okay. But it says that we can be partakers of the divine nature. In other words, you don't have to live how the world lives down here. God has more for his children up here. Amen? God wants us to live so much higher. Now, 
The corruption that's in the world through lust is referring to when Adam and Eve disobeyed God, right? They ate the forbidden fruit, right? And what happened? At that point when they ate the forbidden fruit, that opened the floodgates to the curse that... You you do understand. The the Holy Spirit's been ministering to me on this, and I'm still kind of writing this thing down and praying it through. But you do understand that this world, this earth, was made and intended for us to live here for eternity. You know that, right? See, Adam and Eve sinned against God, and that opened the floodgates to the curse on this earth, right? So you got to know that. So, now... That curse allowed sickness, disease, and bondage to come in. To all this sadness, all this grief, all these sad situations we've seen is because of the fall of Adam and Eve. All right? But Jesus is called the second Adam. He came to reverse the curse. Say reverse the curse. That's why it says God has given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Everything that you're ever going to experience in life, it says that God has provided a way out from that corruption that's in the world through lust. What does that mean? Well, Adam and Eve, they were lusting for more power. Surely you can be like God. Surely God didn't say that. That's lust. So the corruption that you're seeing now is because the lust of Adam and Eve wanting to be God. They wanted to be like him, right? Come on. So you got to know. So if we know that that was the entry point to sickness, disease, and bondage, you would have to, so you could say it this way. Sin was the gate that allowed the curse to come in, right? And we know that sin is never the will of God, right? Sin is never the will of God. Well, we need to hate sickness, disease, and bondage as much as sin. Come on, somebody. We have to. Galatians 3.13 says this. It says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone that hanged on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. He's redeemed us. Well, okay, what's the curse of the law then? Sickness, disease, bondage, poverty, lack. Come on, somebody. Either the Word of God is telling the truth or it's lying. So, how do we tap into it, right? By Adam and Eve, they sinned against God. That's what we're going to talk about. They disobeyed God's command. When they sinned, like I said, the floodgates, say floodgates. Man, it just changed everything. But realize that this earth was meant for us to live on for eternity before the fall. You want, oh, man, the Holy Spirit's really been giving me some revelation. He was talking about between heaven and things that are in heaven, there, there's symboli, sim, uh, symbolic stuff on earth that's a picture of what's in heaven. Oh, there's some powerful stuff, which I'm going to teach on later on. But, but Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Jesus paid our fine for the broken law. Amen? Here's what I'm finding with a lot of Christians. A lot of Christians want to disqualify themselves from the blessings of God. They want to disqualify themselves. Uh, You know, it's, it's sad 
Because the enemy gets in their head and puts guilt on them. Well, I, I don't deserve to be healed. I don't deserve to have a good life. After all, I did this in my past. Hello, some, we've all have done stuff in the past. Amen. We've all done junk. You need to stop disqualifying yourself. Did you know something? Listen to this. You, when you put your faith in Jesus Christ, the moment, the second you put your faith in him, he made you righteous before you even did one good work. There, you can't earn your healing. You, can, you cannot earn your healing, so stop trying to do it and stop disqualifying yourself. You know what? You messed up in the past. Guess what? Start again. Start over. Amen? I, I just, you, I, that's one of the biggest things in healing and deliverance ministry is that we got to, we, we try to get people out of that thought life of where they're stuck. They're stuck in that mode. I don't deserve this. I know. We don't deserve any of it. We're filthy rags before we came to Christ. Amen? So get that out of your thought life right now. Say, I deserve it. Because Jesus paid the price. In fact, I mean, you're, you're honoring and glorifying him by receiving it. You ever have someone, you ever try to give someone a gift and they're like, I don't want that. Can you imagine how Jesus feels, you know, with all the stuff that he purchased for us through his death, burial, and resurrection? We, we, we want to take all that blessing of Abraham. We want to, you know, we want to just shove it off. I don't deserve that. Jesus is saying, I died on the cross for you. Man, I paid a price. I took stripes upon my back for that. Okay? So, get rid of that mindset. So, if, you have a, if, you, if you're a Christian, you have an infirmity in your body, you need to know that it is not the will of God for you to have it. If you have a kidney problem, God created your kidneys with a specific purpose. And if it's not functioning that way, there's a problem. It's not the will of God. Amen? Look at Proverbs 20, verse 12. The Holy Spirit showed me a verse as I was studying for this message. He illuminated this, this truth to me. That, you know, we have organs in our body. Our body is made up of several organs, right? He created them to function. He didn't create them not to function. Come on. God doesn't waste things. God is a God of, come on, order. Order. Say order. Look at this. Proverbs twenty twelve, And it says these words. The seeing eye and the hearing ear, God made them both. Now, that's a simple verse. That's a very simple verse. But the Holy Spirit said this. What I'm trying to get across to my people in that message is, I created organs to function. And anything less than that is not my will. It's the thief that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, I came to give life and to give it more abundantly. Amen? God wants everything to function 100%. So God, you know, God even created our physical body with, to heal itself even. Okay, so you don't believe, someone don't believe in healing? You could just say, well, what happens when you cut yourself? Immediately, your body starts to go into healing mode. An infirmity hits you. Immediately, the immune system tries to kick that thing out. That's by design. Don't tell me God doesn't want you healed. Come on, somebody. Even nature itself, how he created us, reveals he wants us to be healed. 
But as a Christian, we can go higher and be a partaker of the divine nature because of the promises, the precious promises in the word of the living God and in the anointing. So many Christians, they get depressed, uh, you know, and they think that God's mad at them. Listen to me. God's not mad at you. You might be mad at yourself, but God's not mad at you. Jesus has done everything he's ever going to do for healing. He's not getting back up on that cross. I'm sorry. He's not going to come down and take more stripes on his back. He said, it is finished. Amen. The devil will try to throw cheap shots in your thought life, but you need to know here it is. This is what you got to understand that your healing provision is waiting for you to tap into. I said healing provision. It's there. But you've got to tap into it. Did you know something? Before electricity was found, do you know electricity's already always been around? Come on, somebody. It took someone to tap into it. The the provision for your healing is there. Now you just gotta know how to how to work. Come on, here it is. Work the spiritual laws in your favor. Amen. Like I said, Jesus has done everything he's ever going to do for your healing. The first step in receiving your healing is, number one, you've got to get to this point. Someone's going to say, oh, what, you've got to have faith for healing? Nope, nope, I'm not even going there. You need to hate sickness, disease, and bondage. You need to hate it. You need to hate it with a passion. And now here's the problem. So many people want to make that sickness or disease or bondage part of themselves. They've had it for so long, they're comfortable with it. It's it's part of who they are. They kind of form their life around this bondage. Are you 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 know anyone like that? It's it's a let's go there. It's an attention getter. But you need to hate. The bondage. You need to hate the sickness. You need to hate the disease. You need to hate the devil. In fact, your faith in the Word of God should cause you to hate the devil. Amen? Here's the deal. Can you see yourself in your imagination? Can you see yourself without that infirmity? If you can see yourself without that infirmity, without that sickness, without that disease, with whatever you have, there's hope on the inside of you. And did you know to have faith, you first have to have hope. Hope is an ingredient to first to have faith. Go there with me, Hebrews 1, 11, 1. This isn't even in my notes, but this is uh, an important point. Real quick, Hebrews 11, 1. <clears throat> it says this, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. There has to be hope on the inside of you. Now, hope looks to the future. Faith says, I have it right now. So you got to have future vision before it switches to faith and have it right now. If you don't even have hope on the inside of you, you're going to have a hard time transitioning over to faith. Are you following me? All right. Is that clear as mud mud for you? Whatever that yoke that's preventing or holding you back, whatever it's holding you back from doing, can you see yourself on the inside doing something that you're not able to do? 
And I've said this before, uh, I'll say it again, there's new people here, but many times when I pray for people on a personal level, uh, I'll say, well, can you see yourself without this infirmity? Can you see yourself doing this? You know, and some will say, no, I can't. I said, we need to work on that then. Amen. We need to build that hope on the inside. There needs to be hope first. Say hope. See, and I'm not talking about a worldly hope. I'm talking about a biblical hope, a confident expectation. Hence, expectation, it's future. Faith is right now. When you transition it to faith, you literally, feel, you literally act like you have it right now, even though you see nothing in the natural realm to prove it because it's substance and it's evidence that it's now. And that's a spiritual thing. Faith is spiritual. It has nothing to do. Come on, somebody. It has nothing to do with this natural realm. See, many people don't have, they think they have faith, but they don't. It's just mental assent. It's all in their head. No, it needs to come from the heart level. Amen? That's when you're going to start to see a change take place. Um, so the anointing that flows when preaching and teaching the Word of God, you know, will, you know, there's times when, when someone, they come into a healing service, they don't even have, they don't have a lick of faith. They don't have a lick of hope. But... When the preaching and teaching of the word begins, the Holy Spirit falls on them and a supernatural faith just ignites like wildfire on the inside of them. Amen? See, it it will destroy that yoke of heaviness, that hopelessness, that depression, that oppression. And the word of God says, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Now, here's the deal. The Holy Spirit is everywhere. Is he not? He's omnipresent, right? Right? But I don't know about you, but I've been some places where I don't feel liberty. So what does that verse mean then? Because the Holy Spirit's everywhere. He's omnipresent. Here's what the Holy Spirit showed me about that. You ready for this? Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Or in other words, where He is manifesting His presence or He's allowed to move. That's where the liberty is. Think about that. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, well, I mean, I'm, I, I have the Holy Ghost in me, and I've been in some places in, that you, you don't feel any liberty. But where he's allowed to manifest himself. That's why you felt his presence and feel his presence here tonight, because we allowed him to move. Amen? Don't ever forget this. What you tolerate will remain in your life. The only way to turn the tide is to be on the offensive against this thing in your body. To be on the offensive against this thing in your soul. To be on the offensive, come on, to advance the kingdom of God. Kick the devil out. Replace what the enemy's trying to do with the word of God. Amen? Don't let that sickness, disease, or bondage become a part of you. Always keep it separate from who you are. That's why someone, when, when I talk to someone, I'm like, what do you need prayer for? Oh, I need prayer for my cancer. I said, number one, we got to switch this around. We got to change something here. It's not your cancer. It's cancer attacking you. Keep it separate from who you are. The thief comes but to kill, kill steal, and destroy. Amen? If a thief broke into your house tonight, would you call him my thief? That's what many Christians do, though. My cancer? 
Come on, get it out of here. Keep it separate from you. It's an attack from the enemy. It doesn't belong there. Amen? Go with me to Acts 10.38. Acts 10.38. Hallelujah. Praise God. Oh, the enemy doesn't like this teaching very much right now. Amen. By the way, write it down. The next uh, healing service is going to be Saturday, August 20th at 7 p.m. Saturday, August 20th. All right. Acts 10.38. Here we go. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. I found some, something jumped out to me. Even I was, I was sitting on the couch reading, preparing for tonight, and I read over all the scriptures I'm going to bring up, right? And it just, it, it jumped out at me. I mean, I've seen it before, but it jumped out at me. It says, it says, Holy Spirit and power. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the, underline it, Holy Spirit and with power. It's possible to have the Holy Spirit and not walk in power in your life. They're separate. The anointing, the whole, you'll have, that's why you see Christians that are overtaken by the enemy. Well, are, are they Christian? They have the Holy Ghost, right? Yeah, they are. But they're not walking in the power. Holy Spirit and power. Man. According to this verse, sickness, disease, and bondage are classified as oppression from the devil. We need to hate that oppression as much as we hate sin. If you don't hate sin, Houston, we have a problem. Amen? Work on that first. But listen to this. The word oppression means to exercise hard control over or unjust treatment. The enemy's a thief. He doesn't play fair. He plays unjustly. He knows in the life of a Christian, he knows, the devil knows, that he has no authority over you because of the blood of Jesus. But how many of you know when a thief comes into your house, he doesn't knock on the door. He kicks that wall down or that that window down and he comes in. Amen? He kicks it down. A thief does not play fair. If you're looking for fairness in the cosmos of the spirit realm, you're not going to get it. Because there are people who even get demonic spirits for things that were done to them. Women who were raped, abused, things that were done to them. People that were molested. Yeah, they have gotten demons because of what was done to them. But Pastor James, that ain't fair. I know. The devil's a thief. The devil's a thief. Say, I'm going to kick that thief out in the name of Jesus. Sickness and disease exercises hard control over you by telling you where to spend your money, when you can work, and what you can do with the family. You name it. It goes on and on. How many in here, you, you, you kind of have to, had to tailor your, your life around because of an infirmity, sickness, or disease. Right? It exercises hard control over your life. That is not the will of God. Amen? It's time for Christians to get angry. It's time, come on, to pull out the sword of the Spirit against that thief. Let's kick him out in the name of Jesus. Now, 
Go with me to Luke chapter 6. You getting anything out of this? Now, here we go. We're digging in. Get ready. You got your bathing suits on? We're jumping into the river here. Let's dig a little deeper. All right. Luke chapter 6. Man, there's no other place I'd rather be on a Saturday night than in the presence of God with the people of God. Amen. Praise God. Man. Luke 6, verses 17 through 19. Look at this. This is powerful. And he, Jesus, came down with them and stood on a level place with a crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea and Jerusalem and from the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon, Sidon, who came to hear him and be healed of their diseases, as well as, as those who were tormented with unclean spirits. Everywhere Jesus went, he was healing the sick, and casting out demons. Body of Christ, where are we? Where are we on that? We need to start casting out some demons. Amen? If Jesus did it, they didn't leave when Jesus left. Come on, somebody. He said to do it. Amen? As well as those who are tormented, tormented with unclean spirits. They torment. And they were healed. Mm, So deliverance from evil spirits is referred to as healing. Do you notice that? Deliverance from demonic spirits is a part of the healing ministry. Verse 19. And the whole multitude sought to touch him for power. There it is, the anointing. For power went out from him and healed them all. Now here's what the Holy Spirit showed me about this. He had me underline this part. The multitude sought. Say sought. They sought him because they had faith for him to heal him. Or them, rather. Amen? The multitude sought or had faith to touch him with the purpose of being healed and delivered. And that faith they had caused them to seek him. And it released the power out of Jesus. You know, it says when Jesus went to his own hometown, he couldn't do no mighty works. This is the Son of God, people. Am I the only one baffled by that? Jesus, the Son of God, is that he could do no mighty works. Just lay his hands on a few sick folk and heal them. Jesus. You know Jesus is our example on this earth. You know that, right? Jesus was a man anointed with the Holy Spirit. Are you following me? He's the Son of God, but He's our example. Amen? Jesus did not have any special privileges. In fact, that's why... How did He walk in so much power? I'm going to be talking about this tomorrow, about prayer. Jesus went to the mountain, and it said even He prayed all night some nights, praying and fasting. See, Jesus knew how to fill his, His power tank. Jesus knew how to fill his anointing tank. Come on, somebody. Amen? I'm talking about prayer tomorrow to be continued. Go to Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5, verse 17. Let's look at another example here. Luke chapter 5, verse 17. I'm going to look through uh, verse 26 here. It says, Now it happened on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees, God, I love the Pharisees, and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea and Jerusalem. And the power, wherever you see the power of God or power, 
you can put the word anointing in it and you do no injustice to that scripture. And the power or anointing of the Lord was present to heal them. Do you find that interesting? Wasn't the power or present, uh, present, uh, um, wasn't the uh, power of the Lord, the anointing of the Lord present everywhere he was? Isn't that interesting? Here we go. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Then behold, men brought a man, uh, brought on a bed, a man who was paralyzed, whom they sought to bring in and lay before him. And when they could not find how they might bring him in because of the crowd, see, the crowd didn't stop them. They went up on the housetop and let him down with his bed through the tiling into the midst before Jesus. When he saw their faith, faith, you should be able to see faith. It should be evident in the life of a Christian. Because faith without works is dead. Your attitude should reflect faith. It should be seen and it should be heard. What, what, what words are coming out of your mouth? Amen? When he saw their faith, underline that, just go back at it and, and chew on it, meditate on that thing. When he saw their faith, he said to them, man, your sins are forgiven you. Now that's kind of an interesting thing. Here you got a man who can't even walk and Jesus says, your sins are forgiven you. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this that speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Yeah, duh. He's the Son of God, right? He can. But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered and said to them, Why are you reasoning in your hearts? Listen to this. Which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven you, or to say, Rise up and walk? You know what Jesus is saying there? Your forgiveness of sins and healing of sickness and diseases is all wrapped up in salvation. They go together. Are you following me? Wow. Your sins are forgiven you, or to say rise up and walk, but that you may know that the Son of Man, it's interesting, he's called the Son of God in some places, and then the Son of Man. Son of God, because he has a heavenly Father. Son of Man, because his mommy was human. Amen? That the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. Immediately he rose up before them, took up what he had been lying on, and departed to his own house, glorifying God. And they were all amazed, and they glorified God, and were filled with fear or reverence saying, we have seen strange things today. I want people to come to this church and say, we've seen strange things today with all these miracles that are popping off. We're going to see it. Amen? Amen. Verse 17 said that the power of the Lord was present to heal. So the the power of the Lord is the anointing or the healing power of God. I want you to notice that what Jesus was doing, he was... He was teaching the word. He was teaching the... Anytime, remember how I said the word and the anointing are connected. They're twins. You can't have one without... The word is, the word is always anointed. Thank you, you two. <laughs> All right, good. Anyways, I want you to notice that Jesus was teaching 
The word, anytime the word of God is spoken, anytime the word of God is preached, anytime it's taught, the power of God or the anointing of God is present to heal. Because the word is anointed. Amen? Here's what the Holy Spirit showed me. You ready for this one? I like these little revelations the Holy Spirit gives me. It's like a grenade. Preaching or speaking the word of God. Okay? Uh, preaching the word of God sets the, the uh, grenade down in a location. So I'm up here teaching. I'm up here preaching, right? It's like I have a spiritual grenade. When I'm preaching, I'm setting that grenade down. Now, when someone comes along and has faith, it's like pulling the pin on that thing. You following me? Say, I'm going to pull the pin. The anointing, the power of God is present to heal and will set people free. Because when you preach the word also, the Holy Spirit wants to confirm the word. Mark chapter 16 talks about that. It says, and they went everywhere preaching the word and the Lord working with them, confirming the word. So if you want, if you want to see people healed, start talking to people, start giving them heal, talking to them about healing in the word. Amen. The spoken word releases the anointing in the atmosphere. Now, was the power of God the only ingredient uh, for that man to get healed? Nope, nope. It was only half of the equation. You see, this building right now, it has electricity in it, right? But it does me no good unless I plug into the outlet. The power of God is present to heal here tonight. But it does you no good if you're not plugging into him tonight. Amen? So the other ingredient was in verse 20 where it says Jesus saw their faith. So the two ingredients that were needed were faith and the power of God. This man wanted to get to Jesus so bad, but the one thing stood in his way, or two things, the crowd and the roof. Listen to me. There is no power shortage. There's a knowledge shortage in the word, or in the, in the body of Christ. My people are destroyed, it says, for a lack of knowledge. There's not a power shortage. God, give me more power. No, 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 no. Lord, give me more revelation to tap into it. Come on, somebody. Amen? See, the men tore the roof apart to get to Jesus. Now, this, you better, these men must have really loved this, this lame man. What kind of friends do you got in your life? Do you have friends that would take you to the top of a roof and take tiling off and put you down? Don't tell me your inner circle doesn't matter in life. Amen? Come on, somebody. And what I found interesting is this, is that this, it's, it says he saw their faith. So Jesus saw the faith of the men. Sometimes your faith can carry somebody else. Sometimes it can't. You know who determines, do you know what you got to be in touch with? The Holy Spirit. You have to be led by the Holy Spirit. Amen? The man's friends had faith, but here's what the Holy Spirit showed me. You ready for this? The man allowed the friends to do it. So the man allowing... Come on, somebody. The man allowing the friends to do it was that lame man's faith in action. Even that man had to have faith. And how? He let the man, or the, the men, 
put him down through the roof. Because he could have said, no, 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 I don't want to do this. No. Because then that would have voided out the faith of his friends. Are you following me, somebody? My, this is deep right here. This is some good stuff right here. But that man, let me say it again. That man allowed his friends to do it. So that man, there, there's always a way to put your faith into action. There's always a way for you to put your faith into it. What obstacle stands in your way of your deliverance, of your healing or miracle? Are you willing to do whatever it takes to receive it? Are you worried about looking like a fool? Let's, let's look at another, one more example here. Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5, verse 21. Let's talk about someone, someone else who was not ashamed, was not ashamed to press through a crowd. Amen? Mark chapter 5. Verse 21. See, if you're ashamed to do it, what you tolerate will remain. Amen? Mark chapter 5, 21 through 34. Now when Jesus had crossed uh, over again by the boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him, and, and he was by the sea. And behold... One of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name, and when he saw him, he fell at his feet and begged him earnestly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her and she, uh, that she may be healed and she will live. So Jesus went with him, and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for twelve years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better. Anybody ever have that? Because sickness disease is a hard taskmaster. Amen? But rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she heard about Jesus. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind Him in the crowd and touched His garment. For she said, If only I may touch His clothes, I shall be made well. And immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up. And she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus immediately knowing in himself that power or anointing had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, You see the multitude thronging you and you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. It's always good to tell the truth. Amen? And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Isn't that beautiful? Daughter, your faith has made you well. What I want you to see. So again in this account, the power of God. It took the power of God and faith to power of God, the anointing, and faith to drive this disease, this infirmity out of her body. To dry this blood up. Amen? This fountain of blood. The woman's faith. It, she wasn't healed because of who Jesus was. You understand this? Jesus said it himself. Oh, James, you shouldn't be saying that. What do you mean? Jesus said it himself. Daughter, your faith has made you well. Amen? Her faith drew virtue or power or the anointing out of Jesus into her physical body. Now, remember I told you, faith is now. 
She said it herself. If I may but touch him. She spoke it. She heard about Jesus. Faith started to rise up. But she didn't leave it there. She, she confessed it. She made her own point of contact. She said, if I touch him, I will be made whole. Amen? The anointing is a lot like electricity, like I said. Kenneth Hagin always used to say this, keep the switch of faith turned on. Keep the switch of faith turned on. Now, here's what the Holy Spirit showed me here. Jesus asked the disciples, he said, who touched my clothes? And the disciples were getting kind of smarty pants with Jesus and said, you see the multitude? A lot of people were, were touching you, Jesus. I find it very interesting that a multitude touched him, but only one drew the anointing out of him. You following me, somebody? That'll preach all day long. So many people touching him, but one drew it out. This woman that touched Jesus, she had faith expecting to be healed. Not future, but now. Say now. Now. And that's faith. She spoke it. She believed it. She spoke it. She confessed it with her mouth and she pressed through the crowd. She was willing to look like a fool to get her healing. Just as the men in the last account, they had obstacles to overcome. The roof. This woman, she had to press through that crowd. She had to look like a fool. Can you imagine? But you know what? When someone's in such pain and hurting, it doesn't matter what you look like. The sad reality is this. Many don't come to that point until they hit rock bottom. Why do we have to wait till rock bottom? You don't have to wait till rock bottom. Listen, God's always there waiting for you. Listen, that outlet is always there waiting for you to plug into it. The anointing is always there. The anointing is always there waiting for you to plug into it. Day or night, 24-7, baby, this word always works. But you got to work it. Say, I got to work it. So the fact is this, it is possible for the power of God to be present to heal and for you not to be healed. That's the reality of it. Do you want to be healed? Do you want your healing? Start hating what the devil is doing in your life. Rise up. Amen? So you're required to believe what the Word of God says about healing. You're required to believe it. Believe it. You know? As the anointing is filling the atmosphere tonight. In fact, when we were, when you guys were up at the altar tonight and the presence of God was so strong in this place, could you feel a hope rising? Could you feel a faith rising up? It's because the, the power of God was present to heal in this place. The anointing is here. Because where the, when the anointing is present... It always leads to healing and freedom and restoration and peace in your life. In fact, I'm going to say this. There's probably some, there's someone in here tonight. You came in, you've been in bondage emotionally. And tonight you feel like those chains have, have broken off of your life. It's because where the spirit of the Lord is given freedom, there is liberty. Where he's allowed to move, there's liberty. Now, here's the thing. You've got to maintain that freedom. Come on, you've got to maintain that freedom. 
See, many people just want to ride on a coat strings of a healing service. Well, all we're here trying to do is we're trying to loose you from it so you can go live and you can serve God with your whole heart. That's what we're trying to do. That's why getting plugged into a good Bible-believing church where the Holy Spirit's moving, right? you got to get plugged into a good Bible-believing church. you got to have some good accountability, some discipleship. Amen? Get plugged in. Get involved. Amen? All right. All right. So I want to encourage you all, take your focus off of the storm. Take your focus off the problem and put it on Jesus. Put it on the Word of God. He is your hope. Amen? He is your healing. He is your everything. Let's stand up in this place tonight. Father God, I thank you for what you have done tonight. Lord, I thank you for the spirit of wisdom and revelation in this place. Lord, I pray what each individual person had to hear. I know I said a lot tonight, but Lord, that piece of the puzzle, that truth, that one truth that that individual needed tonight, Lord, engrafted in their heart, engrafted in their thought life, Lord God. And I pray that you would expand it, that you would give them more revelation, Lord God, as they go. And Lord, I thank you. I seal every person in this place with the blood of Jesus Christ right now. And Lord God, encamp them with your holy angels and your holy ministering spirits. Now, before you go, if there's anybody in here you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. You know what? It's a wonderful thing uh, you know, for you to get healed, but it's pretty worthless if you don't serve Jesus. All that's doing is buying you time buying you time to make Jesus Lord of your life. So if you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, after the service, just come up here. Let's say a prayer. Let, let's, let's seal it. Let's have, give yourself a new birthday, the born-again experience. Amen? Maybe there's someone in here. You, uh, you made Jesus Lord of your life a long time ago. Or here's a good one. You went to church your whole life. You came out of your mommy's womb saved, right? Wrong. If you died right now, you have no confidence that you would go to heaven. If that's you, you want to rededicate your life, I want you to come forward after this service and let's pray for you to rededicate or get born again, whatever one, right? Maybe you're in this place. You're a Christian. You have the Holy Spirit, but you're lacking the power. Jesus said in Acts 1.8, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. See, when you got born again, the Holy Spirit came within. But the Holy Spirit baptism is when he comes upon you and you receive power. If you've never received the Holy Spirit baptism, come up. Let's just say a prayer and let's see you get filled with and and, covered with power. Amen? To be a powerful witness for the Lord Jesus Christ and many personal benefits as well. Well, I want to thank you all. If you need prayer for healing, just for anything else, we'll stay as late as you want. So if you didn't come up earlier, no fear. Come on up. We'll take as much time as you need. But Saturday, August 20th um, at 7 p.m. will be our next one. Did you guys enjoy this tonight? Praise God. Now, here's what I want you to do. I want you, you, if there's a testimony, uh, your healing manifest, which we're believing it is, let us know. Amen. Email us, call us, leave a message, something. Um, if you're looking for a good Bible believing church, come and visit us. Amen. If you have one, go to church tomorrow. This service doesn't count as a Sunday service. Amen. I know what some are thinking. Go to church tomorrow. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for coming tonight. God bless you. We love you all. And uh, if you need prayer, come on up.
Have a great night, everyone.